I want you to walk the audience through, you know, a couple of common practices that you have on a daily basis that keeps your mind locked and loaded. And one thing I do every night before I go to bed is I go through the photos that I took throughout the day and I put them into an, a shared album with my wife and my two older boys who have phones called Family Gratitude. It's just me capturing a photo of my 15 year old hugging my wife or my 17 year old and I just sitting there talking out on the deck. Or maybe it's me throwing the football with my nine year old. So it allows me to go throughout my day and look through the lens of appreciation and not through the lens of expectation, not through the lens of crisis, not through the lens of absolute problems and chaos, which by the way, if you have four boys like I do, you could easily get sucked into that lens, right? What is up, everybody? Welcome to the show, The Determined Society. I am your host, Sean French, and I'm super happy to be here with you today. I have an amazing guest for you, but first, I want to tell you a little bit about me. If you're watching me for the very first time, I am a mindset performance coach. I spent many years in the athletic industry, uh, playing all the way up into Division I baseball at Louisiana State University. And what I found was I trained my body and my skills so hard, and when it came down to it, my mind just wasn't strong enough. So over the years at LSU, I settled into a victim mentality and I just felt like everybody was out to get me and I wasn't getting the results that I wanted to get as a high-end athlete or a peak performer, as you would call it. I turned into the exact opposite. So my mission is to bring you guys guests and content that are going to help you become that elite performer in your own life, whether it's your career, athletics, as an entrepreneur, whatever the case may be, I want you to be that person for you. So today, guys, I have with me an amazing guy. His name is Larry Hagner. He is the founder and host of the very famous The Dad Edge Podcast. He has masterminds and coaching programs that help men all around the world become better fathers. And I'm going to tell you, this guy's mind is absolutely credible. And, you know, I'm so happy to call him a dear friend. And so without further ado, I want to welcome my boy, Larry, to the show. Oh, what's up, man? What's this up, Larry? You're here, buddy. Dude, this is cool, man. Like really cool. I've like Thanks, around TV. Bro. Yeah, no, we are, man. We're on yeah. Apple TV right now. So this is all you. The world is going to see your handsome face. And, uh, you know, I'm super, yeah, I'm, I'm super happy to have you on the show, man. Well, thank you. Thank you very much, man. It's an, it's an honor to be here. I was trying to actually get so because my chin is like resting right on top of my name here. But that's cool. I'll just be like, like this. It means you need to grow. I do. You know that we got to raise that chair a little I bit. Do. No yeah. big deal, man. So, so tell the audience a little bit about what you've been up to. You know what you got going on right now. Uh, you know, as I raise my desk here because I don't want my chin sitting on top of Larry Hagner, the Dad Edge founder and CEO. <laughs> um, you know, there's there's a lot, man. There's a lot of there's a lot of cooking going on in the kitchen right now, which is really, really cool. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I, the podcast is just going gangbusters. It, it just, mm -hmm. every time I, I think we can't get to another level, man, we just, we just hit another level. Uh, we're the top dad podcast on iTunes have been for four years now. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's been amazing, man. I just had some amazing guests talking about fatherhood. And what I can tell you, man, is, you know, You've interviewed a lot of high high level people. I've interviewed a lot of high level people, and fatherhood, being a husband, this is like the one thing that like we can all find common ground with and scratch mm -hmm. our heads and like, yeah, I'm just trying to figure it out too. So yeah, that's going on. And I just found out uh, I just got a book deal. Congratulations, actually, man! Thank you. I actually don't know if I can talk about it, but um, <laughs> but I did get a book deal. Should be coming out uh, next year, Father's Day, and I think that's probably all I can say about it at this point. Well, how fitting for it to come out on a Father's Day, man. It's kind of weird, right? That, you know what? It, it's the way it's supposed to be, brother. You yeah. Know? Like, it's your brand. And, and again, I've listened to your show for many years. I absolutely love it. And for the Thanks, audience that doesn't know, we actually have one with me coming out here at mid-September, I think. Yes, indeed. I'm super excited. I am so, too. You know, you talk about a lot of different things, parenting and your podcast growth, you know the book and everything. The one thing that I always can kind of dovetail into every peak performer like yourself, because you are a peak performer, you know, it's in the entrepreneur space, the parenting space, the podcasting realm. There's one thing that separates peak performers in, in every, in every aspect of life from those, those that are not peak performers. And that is perspective and mindset. 
Mm-hmm. So I want you to walk the audience through, you know, a couple of common practices that you have on a daily basis that keeps your mind locked and loaded and focused on what you want to create and not necessarily what your current state is, whether that's good or bad. Yeah. You know, so I love this question. I actually just did a, an Instagram reel on this yesterday about your feelings, mm. right? And if we are subject to our feelings at all times, that that can be the biggest wool that's pulled over our eyes. And when it comes to our perspective, our goals, our decision-making, the whole nine yards. And um, I have I have a few things that keep me absolutely grounded in the morning. I do not negotiate on them ever. And that's because what I have found is, is when I keep the promises to myself, the things that keep my perspective in check, then the other things that go throughout the day usually fall like a domino. I will say this. That doesn't mean that I have a problem-free day. <laughs> no, no, no. What it actually makes me do, though, is it equips me to be more resilient and to be ready for those problems versus being a victim of them. Mm. I'll give you an example of a couple of things that I do. So I wake up right around the same time every single morning. Uh, I, I get up, I have a cup of coffee, and I dive right into the Hallow app. I'm, I'm a faith-based person. Uh, I love the fact that Jonathan Romy, who plays Jesus on The Chosen, he reads me the, go- the daily gospel every single day. And it's, it's a 10-minute it's a minute deal, you know, where I listen to the daily gospel twice. And then I just sit there and I pray. And sometimes it's in silence and sometimes it's out loud, but it's, it's just something that gets my spirit right. Uh, the next thing I do is I take my 15 year old to school. He's only a few months away from getting his license and the days are now numbered, man, where mm-hmm. I will not be the guy taking him to school as of the first of the year, probably. So I'm soaking that up as much as I possibly can. Like that, that seven or eight minute drive to me every morning, it's insanely special to me. So I, I do not take that time for granted. Um, then I go to the gym. Uh, the, the other thing, the other thing is foundational for me is fitness. Uh, that by far is one of the lowest hanging fruit things that I do. It gets my body right. gets my mind right. gets my spirit right. My emotions, right. The whole nine yards, right. And then I come back home and usually start my day right around eight, nine, 10 o'clock. Just depends on what, what I have going on that day. But uh, that is the beginning of my day. The other thing I do too, to end my day. And I, I, I've been doing this now for about six months and it's just been awesome. I'm not the most religious journal writer. So it's just because like sometimes late at night, I just don't want to do it. And sometimes early in the morning, I don't want to do it. But what I do find is that I really appreciate if you come into my house, you will see photos of the family and just our experiences and things we've done and connections we've made and all that other good stuff. I I love photos more than anything. And one thing I do every night before I go to bed is I go through the photos that I took throughout the day and I put them into a shared album with my wife and my two older boys who have phones called Family Gratitude. Mm. And dude, sometimes it's just just me capturing a photo of my 15-year-old hugging my wife. Or my 17-year-old and I just sitting there talking out on the deck. Or maybe it's me throwing the football with my nine-year-old, you know. But one of the things that that allows me to do is I find myself throughout the day looking very intentionally for those moments. Because I know my accountability at the end of the night is to is to reflect upon the good things that have happened. Because that's what I want to do. That's what I want to think about before I go to bed. So it allows me to go throughout my day and look through the lens of appreciation and not through the lens of expectation, not through the lens of crisis, not through the lens of absolute problems and chaos, which by the way, if you have four boys like I do, you can easily get sucked into that lens, right? But you have to choose very intentionally. And I have practices in place. And one of them is I do carry my phone around with me. I keep it on on airplane mode at night. And I capture pictures of just the simplest things, simplest things. But those are the things that I just love seeing more than anything. You know, that's an amazing practice right there. Everything that sticks out, right, is the normal thing that you would hear from a peak performer, right? We're going to talk about a morning routine, whether it's prayer, meditation. We're going to talk to some family time. And if you talk to Mr. David Meltzer, you know, he has morning time carved out for his kids, just like you do and just as I do. And then there's a workout somewhere around in there, right? Yeah. But the one thing that stuck out to me, man, and that I, I would love to implement in my life with my wife is a shared picture folder of things that happen throughout the day. Because I think that a lot of times we can sit there as, 
as fathers and, and mothers, right? And, and we're also spouses, so it could be very, very difficult. And we're all, you know, in careers and have responsibilities throughout the day. There's a lot of different things that can happen that can kind of shift our perspective on how that day really was, right? And and what I mean by that is, and I'm and I'm guilty as charged. For those of you watching right now, I'm guilty to the point of of a fault of thinking sometimes that my day is bad because of a bad moment. Mm-hmm. Now, really, you know, I want to ask you guys, is it a bad moment or is it a bad day? Cause you know, about 90% of the time, it's just a bad moment. Yeah. You yeah. can recover from that. So, you know, having that, that shared folder is allowing you to ground you and your family back down to earth and be like, man, that that moment right there that I just took a picture of, I thought it was just a picture. Now I'm looking back, and then you can capture that moment, yep. that, those feelings. And I do it with vacation photos all the time, you know. So I really I want to commend you for that one because I think that one is just that one is a next level situation, brother. Well, thanks. You know, I I did it because, and to be I, be honest, there's a lot of ideas, man, that um, I, I cannot take credit for. Um, but that, that's one thing I can't take credit for. Like, I actually did think of that one on my own and I just, and it really just came out of like, you know, and I'm not saying it's like some epiphany, right. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's really nothing special, but it's something special to me. I started, you know, I, I'm a part of a, of a weekly accountability group and me and three of the guys, every, every Thursday morning, 6am, we check in on our accountability, the things that we're chasing in our personal lives, uh, professional lives, net worth, um, things we're trying to do, needles we're trying to move, fitness, faith, all these things that we're held accountable for. And these guys were on me. They're like, dude, you really need to journal gratitude. And I'm like, I can't, I don't know what it is. I, I've done it in the past and I like it in the beginning, but I tend to find myself getting stuck in the ruts of saying the same things. Right. Mm. And I don't want to do that. And they're like, well, is there anything that you do on a normal basis that you really value and cherish that brings you gratitude? And dude, immediately when I was posed that question, I was like, photos, photos mm-hmm. do. They're like, well, what if, um, thank you. They're like, well, what if you, what if you did that? What if you took, and I, I, I was like, what if I, t- I take photos every day? What if I put them into an album? And it's like all the gratitude moments that I have. And they're like, dude, yeah, do that. So that's been huge, but I do have an f- interesting story to share about this. If you want to hear it. Of course I do. Okay. So this is kind of off topic, but it's something I'm super proud of. And it's something I can't take a whole lot of credit for. It's my wife. So 2020, we had this little thing called the pandemic hit, right? (laughs) And anybody who follows the dad edge, um, I am not a political person. I have my own very strong political views. Mm -hmm. I'm very private about them. And I will tell you why. I don't want one dad to go to my podcast and be like, oh, he's a Democrat. Mm -hmm. Oh, he's a Republican. Oh, he's a conservative. Oh, he's a liberal. And then suddenly, boom, that's the reason they're not listening or listening to the show. Yeah. So I, I, I keep that part out of it, even though I have very strong views and very strong stances on things. But I keep that part out because here is my, this is my mission. This is my mission. The mission is helping men create legendary relationships within their marriage and their kids under their own roof. Like if you can't build this incredible life, these fulfilling connected relationships over your own roof, who gives a shit what side of the fence you sit on politically? There he is. Personally, there that's is. that's my views, right? Yeah. And whether yeah. right or wrong, you agree with me or not. I don't care if you're a Republican. I don't care if you're a Democrat. I don't care if you're a liberalist or whatever. If you can't get that part right, you're not making the world a better place. You've got to yeah. learn that first. So that's why I do that. But here's, here's you know, COVID and all this. So 2020 hit. Everything was shut down. Um, it was right around May. You know, it was about two months into this you know, my wife and I were like, God bless. Like, I remember, I remember where we were standing in our kitchen. And I remember looking at my wife going like, what if this is it? Hmm. What, what, what if this is the end? Like, what if this is the way life is going to be for years? Like, and what if, the, what if this is the end of the world? Hmm. And here's when, here's when you know you're married to a strong woman. She goes, yeah, fair question. Our you have any regrets? Like, did you leave anything on the table? Mm. And I'm like, actually, I, I really didn't. You know, I, I've done all of these things that have, like, I have been so solid about staking a flag in the ground saying, like, I am going to create massive connection with my family. 
I'm going to teach my kids life lessons. I'm going to create this amazing relationship with my wife. That's not always going to be perfect, but it's going to be really darn good. Mm. And I'm going to do that very well. And I'm going to create experiences. We're going to create adventure and we're going to create memories. We're going to create conversations and we're going to, we're just going to create a home where, where these young men can live and thrive. My wife is like, have you done that? I'm like, yeah, I've done that. She goes, then who cares? Mm. If this is the end. Who cares? You got nothing to fear. I was like, holy crap. But here's what happened in that very same conversation. So my wife and I, you know, she was asking me, she's like, I, I get the sense everybody's really depressed. We can't do anything. Can't go out of the house. You know, the masks and the kids are virtual and whatever. And we posed this question to our kids. And this is where photos make a huge deal in our family. At the beginning of that summer of 2020, we sat down at a family meeting. We said, guys, we, we're not doing this anymore. We're, we're not, we're not going to live life in a bubble mm-hmm. anymore. And we're not going to be afraid of anything. So here's the question. What can we do to create the best possible summer of 2020 based on what we have? And here's what came out of that family meeting. These were not my ideas, but here's, here's where the themes. We came across several different ideas, but here's where the themes. For the next 12 weeks, dad's going to take off work for every Wednesday for the next 12 weeks. And here are the rules for, the, for Team Hagner in 2020. <laughs> Go somewhere you've never been and do something you've never done. Mm. And we had to get really damn creative because there wasn't a whole lot you could do. But we did it. We went on float trips. We went kayaking. We went hiking in places we'd never go hiking. We went camping in places we'd never go camping. We had incredible, beautiful, we went caving, caving as a family. Caving. We, caving. We had beautiful, incredible adventures. And here's, here's how much I value memories, adventure, connection with my family. I am not a gift person. It's not one of my love languages. And two years ago on Father's Day, my wife asked me, what do you want for Father's Day? I already know what you're going to tell me. Nothing. I don't need anything. And I was like, yeah, that's pretty much it. She goes, yeah, but I want to do something. And I was like, you know what? I do want something. And she's like, what? And we kept an album, an album, Summer 2020, Hagner Adventures. And she had access to that album because she shared pictures in it as well. I said, here's what I want. I want a mural downstairs of a hundred photos, a hundred moments, just stay and somehow, some way staking a flag in the ground that we did not cave. We did not settle. And we did things we had while the rest of the world lived in fear. We did it. We did it the best way we could. And my wife was like, okay. And well, father's day came and went, I didn't get anything, which was fine. I'm not a gift person. So I went, I left for Vegas back in July, 2020. I had to do some media out there. 2021. And I came home with my oldest son because he went with me and nobody was home except for he and I, we walked in the door, he went downstairs to his room and he came back upstairs and he had this look on his face. He goes, dad, sorry, I'm going to get emotional because it really hit me. He goes, dad, have you been downstairs yet? I said, no. He goes, come downstairs. I went downstairs. There was a hundred, uh, five by seven, four by six photos that took up an entire wall. Wow. And there was, there was a, a saying in the middle of all of these photos that said, turn your dreams into an adventure and your adventure into memories. And it had all of these very simple moments and photos of all of us together. And I looked at that and I became emotional. And my, my oldest son was like, why, why are you crying? I was like, you know why I'm crying? I was like, because that's proof, man that we did it. Do you remember how scared everybody was and how all your friends wouldn't leave the house and all of our friends wouldn't leave the house and everybody lived in fear and everybody was living in uncertainty, but we freaking did it, man. Like, look what team Hagner did. Mm. And he was just like, you just saw this, this look of absolute like gratitude and just like, he, he just felt on top of the world. And so did I, I was like, dude, your mom is a freaking genius, man. Dude, I got to tell you, that is one of the most amazing stories, brother. It, it shows your heart. And I and I love having conversations with you because I don't think we've ever had a conversation 
um, on camera where one of us didn't get a little bit of emotional about the family. And that's one of the reasons why I connected with you so early and so often was I could see, I could, I could feel your heart through the podcast. And then once I got to know you a little bit more and had personal interactions with you, I could completely tell that what I was feeling was reality. Um, So I want to take a quick pause. Okay. For about 30 seconds. Uh, We need to go to a quick commercial break to honor today's uh, podcast uh, or TV show uh, sponsor, Legacy Home Builders. So we'll be right back, guys, and we'll finish up the interview with Mr. Larry Hagner. Southwest Florida is one of the most beautiful places on the planet to live. For those of you that are thinking of moving from other states to come to Florida or even just moving to a different part of the state, I want you to think of a big, beautiful luxury home. Contact Legacy Luxury Builders. They are a family-owned and operated luxury residential construction company. As a family-owned business, they believe in the power of building not just homes, but legacies. Contact Legacy luxury builders. Thank you guys so much. Uh, contact legacy luxury builders. If you're looking to move to Southwest Florida guys, the luxury homes are crazy. Larry, you need to call them right build the home here so we can collaborate a little bit more. I'd love it, man. Like great. Bring, bring me Jessica would be like, I'm, I'm going to pack while you finish your podcast. And that's what she'd be like. Right now. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, man. So I want to recap for the audience. What for everybody who's watching now, uh, I want to recap what we talked about on the segment number one, we talked about common mindset practices, the, your non-negotiables, your AM routine, your PM routine, right? Um, about the shared family folder that you're taking these pictures that you put into a shared folder every single day on your phone that so you can share them with your family to really get the essence of what you guys felt and what you're grateful for for that day. For those of you watching, it's a very important exercise and uh, it's got me fired up to try it myself. You know, so that brings on, you know, the family gratitude and, you know, Larry, Larry's mission of creating legendary relationships with his, with his sons and his wife underneath his roof. Because as he mentioned, if you can't create those types of legendary relationships underneath your own roof, it doesn't matter what you do for a living. It doesn't matter what political affiliation you are. It doesn't matter how much money you have. You failed, period, end of story. Your most important mission every day should be keeping your house in order period bar none the other thing we talked about that i thought was just amazing um we talked about many more things in segment one for the audience here but the one that that brought you know some emotion out in you and some some you know, some emotion in me as well was the hagner adventures and what your wife did for you with that mural and i i just want to commend that beautiful woman for listening and surprising you right with it when you least expected it I'm married up, man. I'm not going to lie. Like I outkicked my coverage. <laughs> I'm okay with admitting that. You know, it's funny. I always say that myself, you know, everybody always talks about, Hey man, gorgeous wife. I'm like, look, dude, I don't deserve her, man. Like I completely outkicked my coverage. And then sometimes, right. sometimes I'll, I'll make a joke and tell her she has a trophy husband. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah it's, it's all right, Jacqueline. I know you got a trophy husband. Yeah. It's, it's fine. It's fine. But, uh, you know, man, I, I just think there's so many things going on in the world today. Right. Um, a lot of things happen in society and a lot of dangers for kids. Right. Especially as you know, you know, as you as you approach your your 15 year old getting his license soon, there's going to be different worries than you have now. How important is perspective and mindset uh, as you as you become a parent of older children? Right. And how do you keep it sort of organized so you're not paralyzed by that fear that, you know, I mean, let's face it. There's parents that lose their children every single day. Um, for me, I mean, it's it's one of my constant fears. How do you how do you prepare yourself every single day to keep a strong mind in order to deal with those types of us uh, fears? Fears of like losing your kids, or just any type of risk nowadays with the kids growing up. Man, there's drugs. There's you know there's you know the driving too fast. I just feel like today kids have more access to everything, especially with social media that. So many more people, so many outside influences have influence on our kids now. I actually have a pretty interesting story on this one, if you want to hear it. Um, but I, I think the first lesson in all of this is you, you know, kid, best lessons in life are caught, not taught. Uh-huh. If I'm telling my kids to stay away from alcohol as I'm sipping on a beer, come on, man. Uh-huh. And then I'll justify, right? Well, I'm the adult. 
like mm-hmm. I'm the dad, like I'm over right. 21. You should, <laughs> your son, you shouldn't really drink. Right. Um, so there's that. Right. Right. And you know, the same thing with like fitness, right. If, you know, I went to a, uh, a rite of passage retreat back a couple of years ago, uh, Bedros Kulian puts it on the Squire. He went to the Squire program. I the remember Squire. That. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, I took my oldest one to that. We loved it. And I was there with 17 other fathers and Bedros took all the dads in one room and all the boys were in another. And, and they each had, we each had our own separate experience at, at one point in the retreat and Bedros, I'll never forget, man, how blunt he was. And he looked around and we were all sitting there and he goes, he goes, gentlemen, I'm just going to say this very, very bluntly. Cause y'all need to hear it. I see some really fit kids in here and I see a lot of your sons really fit and I'm looking at their dad mm. and they're fit. And then I see some sons that are completely out of shape and I see their dads and they're completely out of shape. If you want your boys to be more fit, more healthy, it starts with you because the best lessons in life are caught, not taught. So, you know, I can have all the fears in the world about my kids doing drugs, my kids drinking underage, my kids giving up on their dreams, my kids not being into into fitness, all these. Like, I don't have to tell my two older ones to go to the gym. They do it on their own. They're like Mm -hmm. to it. My both my boys want nothing to do with this whole thing of vaping and weed and all this other crap. Mm-hmm. I actually, my 15 year old will cut ties with friendships over. They're like, my son has told him you do that around me. I want nothing to do with you. Mm. I am in this to be the fittest, most physical football player that I can possibly be. And I'm not going to do it by hanging out with the wrong people. So if you're into that, that's fine. Mm. I will not be around. He's done things where like he, one kid asked him if he wanted to hit on a vape and he's like, yeah, I'll take that. And he took it and he threw it in the woods. He goes, don't, don't ever do that again. So it's interesting though, because like, I, I, and the, this is the story I'll share with you. So, um, how do I explain that? How, I don't think this guy listens to the show, but it, I have a friend of, so a, a former friend of my son's used to come around the house all the time. They played football together. Um, and then suddenly he, this friend of my son's got into really bad things, quit football. You know, he's into all kinds of stuff. I'll put it that way. Gave up on a lot of things. So his dad, you know, lives down the street from me and would always ask me for coffee. always asked for my advice and all sort of stuff. And then, but I've always noticed one common denominator. I look at his son and I look at how he operates and I, and I sit there and I'm like, well, you know, he, the apple didn't fall far from the mm-hmm. tree. Right. All the things you, you don't want your son to do, you do. Right. I'll never forget the last time I had coffee with him. This is the, this is the funny story. I had coffee with him. He ended up joining our mastermind group and we have a 12 week kickstart program that's required. You actually have to graduate the program in order to be put into the main, the the main mastermind. And most of our guys, I think we have a 95% graduation rate. So when this individual joined, I was like, man, I can't wait for you to go through this. It's going to be freaking game changing for you. Right. Well, I got, I got word about eight weeks before his, or four weeks before his graduation that he stopped showing up to calls. And I reached out to him. I'm like, Hey man, just reaching out. Like I I've gotten wind that you're not showing up to calls and, and I want to see you, you know, at graduation, we have a graduation every month that we celebrate for the guys who graduate. And I'm like, when am I going to see you at graduation? He's like, oh, you know, things have gotten really busy, man. And, you know, I'm probably just going to put everything on hold. Mm. And and literally, it wasn't even a week before this. His son quit football. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, huh. And I and I shot him a message. Back. This, is, this is the killer, right? I shot him a message back, and I did over a video. I said, dude, never forget who's watching us, me and you. Finish what you started. Mm-hmm. You've got four weeks. You put eight weeks into this. Finish what you started. No excuses. Finish what you started. Show your young man that his old man finishes what he starts despite being busy, despite excuses, despite I don't feel like doing this anymore, whatever it is. Because what will happen is is exactly what you don't want your son to do. He will do because he's mirroring what you are doing. And you know what he did? You know how he responded? Probably negatively. He didn't. Completely ghosted. Oh, well. this is a guy that I've spent time with. He friends of ours, whatever. Then I was like, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to him one more time. I texted him. I said, Hey, finish strong, brother. Mm-hmm. Finish strong. Finish what you started. Nothing. 
Nothing. And I'm sitting there thinking like, you have all these problems with your son. You're trying to keep him out of all this stuff, trying to keep him from giving up on his dreams, trying to keep him from giving up on school, trying to, trying to keep him away from drugs. And all those things are happening. And a lot of it has to do with the fact the way you are operating, my friend, like it or not. You know, it's one of those things, Larry, and, and, and for, the, for the viewers, I know there's a lot of people sitting at home right now watching this on their big screens going, you know what? Damn, this makes some sense. It's like, how can I expect my child to be one way, right? But then I do the exact opposite. Yeah. It's really funny because it spurs up a conversation that my wife and I always have. My wife is a what if person. When I met my wife, for those of you that have listened to the song, you know, Kane Brown, what ifs, that song, you know, what, you know, what if this, what if that? I always called her, I'm like, man, you're all about these what ifs, you know, what if this bad thing happens? What if this, what if that? You know, I, I've always said, right, how we raise our children and how we act underneath, underneath this roof and the actions that we take daily have more impact than society. Oh, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm coming to terms with this more and more every single day. The other day, it was a weekend, and I slept in a little bit. Son comes downstairs, and he looks at me. He goes, hey. He goes, good morning, Daddy. He gives me a big hug. He goes, yep. you're not sweating. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I'm going in a little yeah. bit. He goes, oh, you <laughs> always go in the morning. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you know, he wasn't busting me up. But he's so conditioned to when he comes downstairs and wraps his arms around me, a lot of times he'll sneak up from behind me. I'm making their breakfast, right? And he'll hug me and he'll just get a cheek full of back sweat. Well, it didn't happen this morning. So he was confused. Yeah. Right. And so for me, you know, I, I, I took a different lesson than most people would. You know, most people would say, well, maybe, well, I took a day off. It's the weekend. You know, I'm going to go later. No big deal. He knows what to expect from me or that now he's confused. You know, now, now he sees that his dad took a little bit of a, you know, detour in his, in his, in his, his regimen, right. Which isn't such a bad thing, but I don't want my children deviating from what they think they know they need to do. So, you know, I said, Bobby, I was like, let me tell you something, son. I'm sorry. He goes, what? I go, I apologize. I should have stuck with my routine today. You know, I should have went at 4, 4 a.m. You're right. I was like, I don't want you to be confused on what, what I do for me. Right. I said, because I don't want you to think you can negotiate with yourself when you get a little bit older. You know, it was an impact. It was an impactful moment for me. It is. And, you know, listen, I want to double down on what you just said. And even something like that, that in that moment, makes total sense for you to take the day off, go later. But what message is that sending? This past weekend, I had a very similar experience. And Sean, I have never, I I don't like to ever back out on my kids, you know, as far as like, hey, we have this thing scheduled, right? Mm -hmm. No matter what it is, even if I don't feel like doing it or whatever. So this this happened literally just this past Friday. Mm -hmm. So I had a late night every now and again, I just get really off with my sleep and I'll have like two, three nights in a row of only sleeping like a couple hours and it just messes with my head. Dude, it happens to me too, man. Yeah. And it just sucks. Right. So last Friday night, my son and I, my oldest was like, Hey dad. And this is what I love, man. Like, listen, anybody who ever tells you, Oh, just wait till they're teenagers. They won't want anything to do with you. Screw all that. Don't buy in it. If anybody, it is anybody tells you that walk the other direction. It's not true. Yeah, Because if you do the right things, have the right conversations with them, the right connection with them, I love my teenagers. They are the, I prefer hanging out with them over a lot of my friends here locally. They're just badasses. I love them. Yeah. But what I'll tell you is that my son spent the night at a friend's house and I knew if he spent the night at a friend's house, he's probably going to get like two hours of sleep. And then my son asked me, he's like, Hey, are you going to the gym tomorrow morning? Cause you know, it's Saturday morning. I was going to the gym. I was like, yeah. He's like, what time are you leaving? I was like 7 a.m. He's like, can I meet you there? I'm like, absolutely. You can meet me there. I'll be, I'll be walking the door by seven 30. I think I fell asleep around four 30 mm. and, and that alarm went off at six 15. And I was like, Oh my God. Mm. And here was the justification. The justifications had started. You know, it probably wouldn't be bad for me to just send Ethan a text and be like, Hey man, uh, I'm thinking, 
I think I'm going to take the day off. Like I didn't really get a whole lot of sleep. Um, and I'm just going to lay low this morning. Mm. And I literally, dude, I picked up my phone and I brought his name up and I was like, I'm not going to do that. Mm. I'm not going to do that. I was like, I'm going to, I am going to go. I, I guarantee he probably won't go, Right. but I'm going to go because I don't want to have to come back home at nine 30 when he sees me and be like, where were you? Where were you? Or did you go? Right. Versus yeah. like, so I got a text from him at seven fifteen. on my way. I'm like, Holy shit. He shows right. up to the gym. I show up to the gym. And I'm like, Hey man, I'm, I'm actually a little surprised to see you here. He goes, why? I go, well, what time did you go to bed? He's like, I went to bed at five. And I was like, I didn't fall asleep till four 30. And he, and I go, why are you here? And he goes, because I told you I would be, that's what he told me. And I was, he, he looks at me, he goes, well, why are you here? And I go, because I told you I would be, I was like, Did otherwise you guys just cry at that moment. You guys got me wanting to cry right now, dude. It was so powerful. Like I was like, Oh my God. Like this kid ever had every excuse in the book not to show up. And I'm his dad. He knows I'm going to forgive him. Right. But I too had every excuse in the book and, but I didn't back out, but we, it was just such a, and it was a shitty workout. Oh, it, I bet it sucked. It sucked, but it was one of the most enjoyable moments. Cause we went out of there and we were like, dude, we freaking showed up when the, nine out of 10 people would have slept in. Like that's yeah. badass. Right? That's, that's the, you're the, you know, the 1%, right? Everybody talks about that 1% of people. Well, Hey, right. man, those 1% of people aren't successful just because it's that difficult to be that 1%. No, it's just 90, right. you know, the other 99% of people just freaking quit, man. Yeah. So, you know, right about now is the time where we take another about 30 to 40 second break y'all. So I hope you guys are all taking notes and, and digesting what uh, Larry is talking about here. Uh, Cause when we come back, we're going to do another recap and then we're going to close this thing out tight as we possibly can giving you maximum amount of value i'll see you back here in about 40 seconds yeah yeah unlock your true potential on the field and court with our peak mental performance program for athletes train your mind to conquer challenges stay focused under pressure and achieve unparalleled success our expert coaches will guide you through personalized techniques enhancing concentration resilience and confidence. Picture yourself outperforming your rivals, making split-second decisions with clarity, and achieving victory like never before. Join us today and elevate your game to new heights. Peak Mental Performance Program, where champions are forged in the mind. Email me today, sean.french at thedeterminedsociety.com for more information. See you inside. Dude, you know what I love about this whole TV show right now? Let's hear it. Is this this is the first one, right? This is the first one. I'm and you know me, I'm always gonna be authentic and tell my audience how I feel. Shit, man, I'm nervous. This is a completely different workflow. Come on now. And 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 for those of you watching, you know, either live or the replay, I told my boy Larry, I was like, bro, I'm nervous today. He's like, what? You got what's wrong? You got this. And I told him, I was like, hey man, this is big. This is a show now. It's going to be streamed on Apple TV, Roku, you know, Amazon Fire TV, LG, Samsung. And he's like, dude, you got this. And, you know, we're getting through it. But I got to yeah, tell man. you, I got to tell you, Larry, you know, I'm glad it was you because, you know, I just I just feel like, you know, man, when you're when you're dipping your toe into something new and it can be scary, you know, it's nice to have that person on the other side that, you know, it's right there in that corner being like, bro, you're going to get this. You're going to figure this thing out. You know, and I think that's such a beautiful thing. It kind of segues into what we were just talking about before the break was you not wanting to let your son down and your son not wanting to let you down. Yeah. And you both showed up with shitty sleep because you said y'all would. You you keeping your keeping your word, not just to yourself, but each other. And And that's the kind of fight that I'm talking about fighting because you know, you got some people in your corner. Yeah. You know, I, I, th you know, you talk about people in your corner, right? Um, I, I think you heard me say the term team Hagner uh, a couple times, you know, we, that, that's the way we really view, you know, our, our family is we are a team, you know, we, we all, we all pull our weight. We all have our plays. We all build each other up when the other person's down, um, you know, and, and, of course we argue as well. You know, mm -hmm. we, we don't agree on everything. It's not all sunshine and rainbows over here, but 
at the at the end of the day, we are a team, and we, we do we'll do anything for each other. You know, that's a good point because I think, well, I know that a lot of people will look at individuals like us because we are considered, I guess, thought leaders, right? And we put content out. We have great conversations with people. And it would seem as though we don't have any struggles, right? <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, funny. Um, you know, I always tell people I, was, I, I come to you from a place of failure and experience, not yep. on the top of the mountain. Right. So I, I, I love to hear that you're, that you're authentic and, and you're going to tell people the way it is. Yes, we argue. Me and my wife argue. Now, the one thing that, that I want you to touch on, though, is I, 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 you told me a story, and I don't want to ruin it because it's on your show coming up soon. But I, I want you to, to talk to the audience about that one conversation that you guys had, you and your wife at the dinner table, and you guys were arguing. And your kid experienced it, and he saw how constructive y'all were when you were arguing. Talk about that. Yeah, it's interesting you talk about this because so I just started. Well, I didn't just start. I've been doing it now for a couple of years, but I've done it very sporadically. But now I do it on the regular, which is I have a group that um, I work with. It's 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 always a um, a cohort. You know, it's anywhere from fifteen to eighteen minutes at a time, and it's a fourteen week mastermind on uh, creating an incredible, creating an extraordinary marriage through elevated mm-hmm. communication, connection, and intimacy. One of the skills that I teach in that, actually there's two, but one, one in particular is a, is a conflict resolution skill. Now, most of us, what we do when we have fights is we're, you, you really want to know what we fight about. This is kind of crazy. You really <laughs> want to know? I love it. We're fighting because we don't want what we have right now. Mm. That's that's really what, why we fight. It's like, Tell hey, me about that. this thing, like, okay, so like, for instance, let's just take our sex lives, right? It's the mm-hmm. easiest thing for, for men. Now, Jessica and I, we've got a great sex life. We have for years. It wasn't always so, but, um, but we do. Most couples do fight about it to some degree. The reason that we fight about it, though, is here's the, here's the thing. If you really ask someone, well, what is it that you want? You know, if you could wave a magic wand, what is it that you want? Mm-hmm. All and the specs, the men would say. Right. But here's what, here's what I'll tell you. I've done this so many times now. I've taught this one skill set so many times of why people fight and all this other stuff. Like I, I know what usually they're going to say before they do because I've done it so much. So when I, I asked a guy today, I was like, well, what is it that you want? He's like, well, I, and he kind of stumbled. He's like, well, uh, you know, I, I, I want us to have more sex. And I'm like, yeah, but why? Why do, why do you want to have more sex? And he's like, I want to have more sex with my wife because I love her. And you could tell he was just trying to figure it out. I go, okay, you want to have more sex. You want to have more sex with your wife because you love her. What is that going to do? And then it came out. He's yeah. like, when we have sex, he's like, I feel so connected to her. She feels so connected to me. We have better communication. We don't argue nearly as much. We're actually better parents and we're actually less irritable and more resilient. And I looked at him and I said, that's the, three, that's the three whys. That's how you get to what you want. Sometimes you have to ask why three times. And I was like, have you ever articulated what you just articulated out loud to me or anybody else? And he said, no, that was the first time. That's now I was like, no, let's go back to the old you. How would you have gone about this conversation? He's like, I go to my wife and be like, why are we having sex? I don't understand why we're not having sex. Like, I want to have sex with you more. I was like, and how is that usually received? He's like, it's terrible. We fight. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I was like, does she actually, has she ever heard out of your mouth, I want to have sex with you more often because I love you. And because when we have more sex, we're more connected. We have better intimacy. We have better conversations. We're better parents and we're less irritable. Have you ever said that to her? He's like, no. I was like, if you were to say that's what you want, do you think that she would say, you know what, that's what I want too? He goes, yeah, I actually do. I, th- I think she would. I think she wants that too. I was like, that in lies the problem of conflict resolution. We never get there. We never, yeah. ever get there because all we're doing is saying, I don't want what I have right now. And it's either your fault or it's my fault or it's both of our faults. And I don't know what the problem is. And I don't even know how to tell you what I want. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. So. I teach this four-step process that helps people with conflict resolution. But to answer your question, my wife and I rarely fight, rarely, rarely fight. And we do that. I think a lot of that has to do with all these things that, that, that I teach. 
I implement, I live those things. And I think that's why we have the relationship we do. And plus she's a forgiving woman <laughs> and then some, but, um, so we got in this argument, this was a couple of years ago and we weren't, we were just talking like you and I are talking, but there was tension. And my oldest son walked by, he's like, are you guys fighting? <laughs> I, and I looked at him, I said, we're disagreeing. He goes, so you're fighting? And I was like, no, I was like, we're disagreeing. We just have different points of view. He goes, he had this look of fear. He goes, you guys can get divorced. Mm. I was like, what? I was like, <laughs> and I looked at my wife and I said, I only want to do what I, what I'm about ready to offer him. If you're on board with it, if you're not on board with it, that's fine. Cause it's more, this is, it's more important than you and I are on board with what I'm about ready to offer him. She's like, what, what is it? I looked at him and I said, if your mom is okay with it, I want you to have a seat and watch us go through this. Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay. And I said, I suggested, okay. She's like, I don't care. Like, that's great. He sat down 15 minutes later, we talked everything out, came to a resolution, came to the compromise. And I looked at my son, I go, what did you notice? And he goes, Oh my God. He goes, you guys didn't yell at each other. I was like, no, we don't yell at each other. That's one of our guardrails. We don't yell at each other. I was like, what else did you notice? He goes, well, you didn't go call each other names. I was like, yeah, I've never called your mom a name. She's never called me a name. I was like, what else? He goes, no one was talking when the other person was talking. You let the other person talk. And I was like, yep. When the other person's talking, the other person's job is to listen. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what about the end? Did we agree on everything? He goes, no. I was like, what'd you notice? He goes, both of you had, I don't remember his words, but it basically it was both of you had to give a little bit in order to come to what you came to. I was like, yep. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, compare that to how you fight with your brother. He goes, well, we just punch <laughs> each other in the head. I was like, exactly. exactly. I was like, there's a whole formula to this man. Conflict yeah. resolution. But yeah, he got to see it. That, that's a really cool story, man. Um, you know, I think a lot of, I know my parents didn't fight fairly, you know, they were right. They're, you know, I think you and I have similar backgrounds as far as, you know, toxic fathers, you know, my biological father, I never really knew him. And then my, my stepfather was, you know, my dad, but like, you know, he has some toxic behaviors, you know, so, you know, I never grew up in a household where, you know, good, good arguing or fair fighting was modeled. It was more of like, if I'm mad at you, I'm going to scream at the top of my lungs yeah. and I'm going to show you how pissed off I am. And so that kind of edged its way into my relationships. Yeah. And it's one of those things, right? When my wife and I have an argument that I have to like really work on because it's still a thing. It's inside me. It's what I've, it's what I've always known. And, but what I do know is it hurts a little bit at the beginning, right? It's like, Ooh, man, I got to keep this. You got to keep this down here, right? This yeah. is, this is suppressing some feelings, but at the end of it, when I can look at myself and I can look at my wife at the end of the day and into the conversation and know that neither of us said anything that we're going to regret that. And more importantly, that our children did not hear. Yeah. Right. I'm, I think that's a, that's a, that's a win, right. That is something that I can look back on and be like, man, I'm really proud of that. It is because there are things that will be said to you that you can't, that cannot be erased off the hard drive. No. No. There are things that you can say to somebody else that will not erase what's on yeah. the hard drive. You know, and I'll tell you, uh, some of the things that we do, um, that we don't mean to do, like, like last, like last night I was putting my seven year old to bed. I talked to all my kids, it, like putting my kids to bed, even the older ones, it's like an hour and 15 minute process. I spend like 15, 20 minutes with each kid every night. Mm -hmm. So I'm talking to my seven year old son and we're just talking about his day. He's in second grade. And I was like, Hey, you know, what was your favorite adventure that we went on over the summer? And we, we had a bucket list trip this week, this year, uh, as my wife and I's 20th wedding anniversary. So we went to Hawaii. We've never been, none of us have ever been to Hawaii and we want to renew our vows on the beach of Hawaii and with the kids. And my, I was like, he's like, Hawaii was, I was like, cool. What was your favorite part? He goes, you know, it was this is that. And he's like, but I also have a not so favorite part. And I was like, what? And he goes, it was when you got mad at me when we were paddle boarding. I was like, what are you talking about? And he goes, you were pushing me while the wave was coming and I wasn't paddling hard enough to actually catch the wave. And you kept yelling at me to paddle harder, paddle harder. And I was like, yeah, of course I was. I want you to hear me over the waves. Mm -hmm. and I, I, you know, and all that, I wasn't mad. And he's like, it sounded like you were really mad at me. Oh, and it really hurt my feelings. He's been holding on to that for two months. Wow. I was like, dude, are you serious? And he goes, 
And he was like teary eyed. And I was like, he's like, I thought you were mad at me. I was like, Oh my God, dude. I was like, listen, I'm sorry if that hurt your feelings. Like, like I can understand, you know, when you hear a voice in the background barking at you really, really loud to paddle harder because I'm thinking you can't hear me over the waves, but obviously you probably heard me really clearly. I was like, I'm really sorry about that, man. And I was like, you should have told me that a long time ago. I didn't want you to hold on to that stuff. And you could tell like just the relief of like me owning that and apologizing to him. But like that, that was never even on my radar. I didn't even think that had an impact on him whatsoever, but it did. And you, you start never to, know, man. you just never know. And so you think about these things that sound like maybe normal to us or things that are just every day when it's like, when you just take a second and be like, wait a second, let me just take a moment here before I say this, how do I think it's going to land? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and just be very cognizant of that. I think that's honestly, man, like that is such an impactful statement. Think about how it's going to land. We never know how someone's going to take it unless we take it in consideration. Yeah. You know, I want, I want to close it out with that thought piece right there for the sure. audience to check out. I'm going to go ahead and put you backstage for a few, um, yeah. Larry. Hang tight, man. I just, I just want to thank you again for sharing so much amazing information and tips with my audience that is watching this and they, they could see your website and they know where to go if they need some marital help and some fatherly advice. I strongly consider you guys reach out to my boy, Larry Hagner at the dadedge.com, see what he's got going on. And uh, I will see you in a little bit, my friend. Sounds All good. Right. Thanks again. So there you have it guys. Larry Hagner is such an amazing individual if you guys ever need anything, reach out to him, you know, but I want to thank you for watching my first episode. I'm only going to get better. I can promise you that. Uh, if you ever need anything from me, please feel free to go to my website, theshawnfrench.com and look at everything I have to offer. I am empowering athletes and building out elite mindsets all over the globe. So if you are an athlete or if you have a young athlete, I want to talk to you and I want to talk to your athletes. So with that being said, guys, thank you again, and I will see you soon.